photo of Jennifer Aniston like kissing you on your birthday. Oh yeah. Look, it's so cool because I've interviewed her so many times that when she sees me, literally she'll go, Michael, yo, you like, she knows my name and I'm like, oh yeah. And my wife doesn't like it, but <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, hello everyone and welcome to Just and the Guest. My guest today is very talented, Michael Yo. You know him best from America's Got Talent, his comedy special, Blasian. He's hosted and interviewed every single person, every single celebrity. He's gotten kisses from Jennifer Aniston, which we talk about. <laughs> we talk about almost dying from COVID, Joe Rogan, literally everyone having Chelsea Handler dare him to do stand up. He's incredible. I've learned so much from him. I hope you like this episode. Hello. How are you? Good. How about yourself? Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, so yeah, you much. bet. You bet. How are you? Good. I love your background, too, by the way. This is the coolest one I've seen. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> did Chelsea Handler, I think I heard this, but did she dare you to do stand up? Is that how you she started? did? She did. She, uh, it was kind of a joke on her show. Yeah. Like I was watching a couple stand ups and I was on the night before, like I was on the next night and I just tweeted, I think I'm going to try stand up. Yeah. And I didn't think anybody would see it. Nobody followed me on Twitter. Yeah. Next day I show up to Chelsea's round table and she goes, oh, you think you could just do stand up? And I looked at all the comics and I go, well, it doesn't look that hard. And everybody lost. <laughs> Great response. <laughs> and then she really, after that thing, she goes, you really need to try it. You know, once we are off camera, she goes, but in the one thing I'll never forget her say, don't be that guy that's just on TV that shows up and doesn't work at it because nobody respect you. You need to be in the clubs. Yeah. That's always I remember about Chelsea because after she told me that I hit the clubs hard and yeah. I still do. I yeah. In Vegas, I'm at uh, a place this week called LA Comedy Club and oh. I've gone out every single night because I'm trying to get this new special out. So yeah. it's a thing where I love comedy. A piece of me was missing when it was gone. Yeah. Yeah. And I just love, and I don't know, I just love putting my jokes out there and getting my message out and moving people. So yeah. yeah I just watched Blasian again last night and okay. by far, I think one of the best comedy specials I've seen. I love it. Oh, thank you. So much. Uh, thank you so much. I, I cried at one point too. I laughed the whole time. I, I love it. So I. Oh, you're so sweet. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. What was your writing process like for doing that? You know what? It was just, it was just real life. It was um, pretty much, it's my real life that, that uh, I happen to write jokes about. Cause what I do is I always start with a real story and then, um, and then add the funny to it. A lot of things funny happen in my life every single day. So I'll find yeah. those stories and I'll, and I'll uh, heighten them a little yeah. bit, but it's all true life stories. It's so personal to me. And I, and I really loved getting that special out. I like want to be friends with your parents too. They seem like the coolest people. <laughs> they are the best. My parents are awesome, man. They're, they're, they tell it like it is, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they are. Your dad has a PhD in nuclear physics or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was tough. It was tough because he's so smart. And like, I wasn't, uh, I, I, I would say I was an okay student. I was like a yeah. B, C student, but you know, my dad is like super smart. So it was tough. Uh, I, I definitely couldn't follow his lead in the in the um, academic world. But, you know, like I was good at sports and uh, yeah. I was good at like entertaining. So he's the one that told me to drop out of college because he was like, you're not smart. 
<laughs> you also you played football in college, right? Yeah, I played uh, a couple years at the University of Arkansas. I got too many concussions. Oh my god! Yeah, I got too many concussions, so I couldn't play anymore. But um, that was before concussions were like a big thing, <laughs> like they are now. So luckily I got out and uh, it's been all good. You're one of the best hosts I've ever seen. Where did that come from? Where did that like passion? Cause it's so such a hard job. Random. Too. I was uh, a radio DJ in Miami, had a big show in Miami and the president of E at the time, Ted Harbor, they were looking for new talent and you know, like a new discovery. And then I, I remember Annie, Maureen and Tiffany, they mm -hmm. came to Miami and I just went in for um, like an open call. And they yeah. saw me and they were like, oh, let's take you back. And, you know, Ted Harbour already knew about me. So it, it, it went from there where I had no TV experience. And then they put me on E. Oh and my God. only after I moved to L.A., I appreciated being on TV because I thought that's how everybody got a job. Yeah. You know, you just like kind of hang out and then they're like, you want to be on TV? You're like, yeah. But now I know how hard it is because I remember about my third or fourth month at E, a line around the building. And I was like, what's that line for? Mm -hmm. And my friend goes, oh, those are all the people just wanting to be on tape to work at E. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. This is like a special thing that I got hired at. So that's when I really started to appreciate it. Were you nervous your first day, like not having any TV experience? Because I would have been freaking out, I think. I, you know what? It was all about that fake it till you make it. I've yeah. always believed in that. You act like you should be there. Yeah. Oh, inside, nervous as hell. Outside, <laughs> oh, I, I was the most confident person. I was, oh, yeah, what do you need? I yeah. didn't know anything. I did not know any. I didn't know when they pointed at the camera that was me, that meant to yeah. talk. I was just watching everybody. You know, just learning as much as I could. But you're so comfortable on stage. Like, did you always have that, too? You know what? Being in radio, you get that. Because... Yeah. You know, you interview a lot of people on radio. So in radio, like when you do it, you don't want dead air. They call it dead <laughs> air when you ask somebody a question and there's no sound. Yeah. So you had to, there's two advantages of being on radio. You learn how to interview people from all walks of life. Yeah. Even people that don't want to talk. And then the other thing is you have to paint, a good radio DJ paints pictures with words. Yeah. So that's what we do. And now, and then when I got on stage, it was a lot easier because now they can see you. So it's like, oh, it's no problem then. Yeah. You, know? you do it so well too. It's so much harder than I think people realize and you make it look oh. very easy. So you, give you, you know what? I, I think it's from radio. And I believe like anyone that's been in radio for a while could really be a host because it's really once you know the script or you know get the idea of the script, it's all about ad living and having fun because yeah. I love rather than in studio, I love live stuff. That's, yeah. that's fun. Has it been a big change now that with like COVID going from doing oh. a lot of live? I know. Oh my so, God. COVID worse. You know, I know. It's, it's it's changed a lot. You know, it slowed down the industry. I was supposed to shoot like two TV shows that I was hosting last year. Oh. Now we're waiting to see uh, when we're going to shoot them this year. So yeah. it's definitely slowed down everything, mm -hmm. but Heck, I'm blessed to be alive, so I can't complain. I know. Yeah, how are you feeling? I read about all of, I can't even imagine yeah. what you went through. It like, was crazy. I almost died. We're coming up on a year. Wait, God. what's today? Today's the 11th. Yeah. March 17th. So in six days, that's when I went to the hospital. Ugh. And when I went to the hospital for COVID, there was less than 100 people that died from it. My God. Now we're at 520,000 over that. So. Yeah. 
I'm just blessed to be here. I showed up. I was one of the first people in the hospital with it. Uh, you know, I was like a guinea pig because I was in perfect health. So they were trying everything. Yeah. It got bad in there, but I pulled through. So it was I'm a beautiful so glad, thing. Yeah, I'm so glad you're okay. Emotionally too, with physically, like how- uh. It's, a, you know what? And, and, I, and I tell people, you know, um, look, this is tough. Like, especially yeah. it, it's, it was tough for me and I still deal with stuff. You know, it, it took me like seven, eight months to get like, fully better but yeah for everybody else I mean people's um, livelihood has been taken away everything is on pause and you know it, it's that thing where if you don't feel good if you don't feel right you need to talk to someone because it can get yeah. pretty dark you know yeah. I'm not a dark person at all but yeah. sometimes I was like sad and I just had to talk to my wife it's like why can't my body recover why can't I do yeah. things and then the financial strain like everybody's yeah. going through it's just it's tough so definitely uh, feel free. You need to talk about it. If you're dealing with something like that, talk about yeah. it because I've lost a couple of friends, you yeah. know, through suicide. So it's uh, not a good thing. Yeah. It's not a good thing. And we need to be able to get rid of that stigma where if you yeah. have some mental issues going on, you're not crazy. You're just normal and people need to talk about it. Yes. Yeah. I, you said that so eloquently too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Better than anything I could say, but yeah. <laughs> So I've had so many comedians on this and everyone has talked about you pretty much almost about how you've inspired them and how you've done such like Craig was on here, Craig Conant and was oh, talking I love about Craig. I know. Oh, I'm so, you know what? I, I started taking out Craig uh, yeah. at the beginning and to see him now headlining. And that's, that's what it is, man. Life is short. Yeah. You need to give and you need to help people out and, you know, I was listening to Joe Rogan and he was talking to yeah. Kevin Hart and it's so true. It's like information. Nobody wants to help other people with information. Yeah. And big comedian, Joe Coy is my mentor in comedy and he's one of the biggest comedians in the world. And he Correct. shared so much information with me. And that's what it's really about. It's about information. It's about spreading love. It's about helping people out because it will come back. You don't do it for it to come back. But man, if you're a good person, I really feel if you're a good person and treat everyone right, it yeah. eventually comes back, you know? Yeah, me too. Did, did Joe ever give you, because he's so, I mean, he's so insanely yeah. talented. Did he give you any good advice that you're like, I'm sure he gave you a his, ton of advice, but like. His biggest, his biggest thing that I'll always remember was don't tell jokes, tell real stories and make those funny. Ah. Because, because, you know, as now I've been in comedy 10 years, which in comedy is like, okay, you're just starting. I know, now like you're a baby. <laughs> You know, like in comedy, it's a long haul. Like you gotta be in it. It's nothing you're gonna, even in acting, some people do it 10, 15 years and don't break. Some people do it a year and break. You yeah. know, comedy, you can't do it a year and be huge. You'll yeah. fall on your face because you're not ready. That's yeah. what I love about it. It's an equalizer. But Joe, Joe, what I've learned through the 10 years is people outgrow jokes, but they don't outgrow you. So that was Joe's whole thing is make people love you in your story and how you tell it. So then you become a real life sitcom to them. Cause mm -hmm. the, when that special that you watch Blasian, yeah. uh, my son was almost two, but he was still one. Yeah. Now when I shoot my next one, he just turned four. So yeah. that's like two years and two months. So it's a kind of thing where, oh, now you're gonna hear a continuation of the story. Yeah. And so, so that's how I do comedy. Everybody's different, yeah. but Joe taught me that is, Make the comedy, make make people love you in your comedy, not just a joke. Yeah. God, that was yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah.
And it's true too, because I feel like I know you so much after watching the special a couple of times. Uh, yeah. like, I feel like I know your family. I'm like, oh my God. Well, that's that's the yeah. whole thing. You want to make a human connection with somebody where they're invested in you. And then look, no, no offense to the great joke writers, because there's phenomenal joke writers and I respect that so much. But when people leave a show, I want them to go, man, that show was funny. And I know this guy. I feel I like I know this guy and I and he's a good guy. So you they have more of a connection with you. That's how I try to do my comedy. Yeah, I think of you a lot because I do sleep math. And what Oh my God, we all do sleep math. I, I do it every night. I, I do it every night. Like I can't go, well, we don't have to go many places now, but it's a thing where when there was no pandemic, when you, especially married with two kids, you're like, oh my God, we got to get out. Like, because yeah. if you get somewhere at seven, then you got, it's an hour and a half, 8.30, you know, you got to be in bed by 10, your kid's going to wake up. So literally once you get older you plan everything out by sleep so that's oh, yeah. my life right now <laughs> how was agt too i know you did america's uh great yeah. yeah you know what it was it was phenomenal i wish yeah. i would have went further yeah. but uh it was a thing where it was such a great experience i always just wanted to perform in front of simon that's the main reason oh, i did it yeah. is just for simon to see me because He's a kingmaker, man. If he likes you, you'll be big. But unfortunately, after my first round, he, you know, got hurt. So he wasn't there. And that was a big bummer to me because I yeah. wish I could have performed in front of him. But what happened at AGT, I had a set. I was going to do the Blasian set, my second round. It would have been great. And yeah. then, uh, you know, the network was like, well, it might be too racy. Ah. I was like, all right. So yeah. I sent in another one set and they were like, ah, that might be too racy. And so... I winded up with the the one I did. I wasn't I wasn't happy with it, but mm -hmm. it is what it is. It's it, but I did my thing. I got new fans, and that's yeah. all that matters. But it was a blast, and I loved the show. And I think it's the biggest talent show in the world. It can yeah. literally change people's lives, and it's changed a couple of my friends' lives. So good for them. Yeah. Was it different because you'd interviewed pretty much all of the judges before? I yeah. feel like you've interviewed everyone in Hollywood, but like, uh, yeah. was it? Yeah, I was thinking about who I haven't interviewed, yeah. and that was. I think the only person I haven't interviewed, and I went through this list was, is Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. I think those are the only two people, like superstars that I haven't interviewed. Everybody else I have. Yeah, that's Yeah, I saw a photo of, photo of Jennifer Aniston, like kissing you on your birthday. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah Look, it's so cool because I've interviewed her so many times that when she sees me, literally she'll go, Michael, yo, you like, she knows my name. And I'm like, oh yeah. And my wife doesn't like it, but I love it. I love it. I know. Is there any celebrity that surprised you with either like how cool they were or how normal? Or you know what? Like who's always a good time? The Rock, Kevin Hart, uh, Tom Cruise is great. Yeah, Tom Hanks is phenomenal. Uh, crazy. I mean, the, these people just, Will Smith. What's uh, great about Will Smith, he says hi to everybody. You know, when he walks in a room, he makes it feel like he's not bigger than anyone in the room when you know he is uh, as yeah. far as like movie stat the movies it's his movie yeah but yet he treats everybody with respect yeah and it's good to see man it's it's funny like the people that have the biggest attitudes are like more of reality stars and the big movie stars they get it and yeah. they know how to how to treat people and maybe that's why they're movie stars yeah. Do you want to go into acting and that? Type I, of I started, I just, I started about a year ago, but then the pandemic hit. So yeah. I've been doing a lot of auditions, been getting great feedback. So yeah. I really feel comedy and acting is my thing. And yeah. 
I think not too long from now, I'm going to, I'm going to land the acting. I'm very confident. I'm very confident that I'll land something in the acting world before the end of the year. That's my goal. I set yeah. goals. Yeah. You know, like my goal is to shoot a brand new special uh, by the end of this year and to land an acting gig. So those, that's on my board. Yeah. Not that I make a board, but, I know, that, but yeah. that's on my mirror. I, I make little sticky notes and I put it on my mirror. Oh, that's awesome. So I can, I can focus. The first one is working out. Second one, well, it goes family first, working out, and then it shows my personal goals. Oh. So uh, that's the special and um, and getting an acting gig. And yeah. it doesn't have to be full-time, just getting on a show. Yeah. You know, even if it's a guest star, that's my goal for this year. And then building from there. Yeah, because I, I was watching, when I was watching your special, that's all I kept thinking too. I was like, oh, this would be a great sitcom. This could do this. He should act. We're trying. We're yeah. trying. I mean, we we're we're trying. It'll eventually happen. I feel very yeah. confident about it because what's changed a lot since I was a kid. Like mm -hmm. there was never um, commercials with like interracial couples yeah. and things like. Now it's all over TV and yeah. it, it's beautiful to see. So I really feel now is the time yeah. for a sitcom like this. So yeah. it's just a matter of time and it, it'll happen. Oh, it's so exciting. I know you're traveling. I think you're going to St. Louis soon. How is Yes. So I'll be in St. Louis March 25th and 27th. Uh, I'm fully vaccinated. So that's why oh, I'm starting yeah. to go back out. But I'm still safe. I wear my mask. And, yeah. But I'll be performing. I always do well in St. Louis. The crowds are freaking amazing out there. I oh. love St. Louis. So I'll be out there and I'm doing five shows. And oh. uh, I have a special guest coming with me. So it's going to be really cool. I'm excited to get back on stage and like just, just work out this new material for the special. So they'll be seeing the new material first. Oh, that's so cool. Has it been different preparing for live shows now? Like, it, well, you... I'm luckily, cause after my whole Corona issue, I moved out of LA. Yeah. So oh, me and my wife no. and kids, we're in Vegas now and we oh. rented a place five houses down from my wife's family. It's beautiful. Oh, that's so... so we have babysitters, thank God. Yeah. Uh, but it's I've been going up a lot here oh, because awesome. a lot because it's on the strip. A lot of comedy clubs are open. Yeah. They're very safe. I go in, do my set, and I leave. I'm not around people. Yeah. But uh, it's been really, really good. And the new material, I'm so excited about it. Oh. Like it's it's a lot deeper than my first special, and because I almost died, so I get to, <laughs> no big deal, you know. <laughs> you know, no big deal. But to to tell the story about almost dying from COVID. Yeah. And it's funny. It's like probably the best stuff I've ever written. It's so funny. And people, by the end of it, people are la I mean, during the whole story, they're laughing. Yeah. And it's like, this is amazing that you can take this experience. And that's what I love about comedy. Yeah. And have people laughing at it and enjoying it. But you're still hitting a nerve with them, too. Yeah. I think that's smart. To, I'm in Philly right now because I was like, I'm in my, that's why this is my background, my like child. Uh -huh bedroom because I was just like I need to get out of LA I was like going oh LA yeah yeah right. do you plan to go back yeah I mean I put all my stuff in storage like I'm we're working remotely to, uh, there's some comedy theaters in Philly open so I keep going up there but... oh yeah punchline in Philly is one of my favorite places I'm a regular at punchline I love punchline Philly oh awesome yeah I usually I mean before the pandemic I usually go every January so we'll probably do it next January like a year for 2022 but still that's Big shout outs to Punchline Philly and everybody over there. They, they've, they've been down with me at the beginning and I appreciate oh, awesome. it. No, so I've only ever seen you kill. Like you're so funny. Have you ever bombed before? Like when you- Yes, 
I, I did at a college because you, you see my special, like younger people can't relate. And I was still in colleges because I was doing it for the wrong reason. They were paying me a lot of money yeah. for a very short amount of time. Yeah. So one day I was just over it. I was going to quit doing them anyway. And then I was telling a story and I'll never forget it. This kid raises his hand and goes, so uh, when are you going to be funny? <laughs> and I loved it. I loved it because I wasn't funny. I was over it. You know, when you do yeah. something, you just like have, I wasn't, yeah, I go, you're right. I refunded the school's money. I left and I told my agent, well, it was a college. I'm never yeah. doing colleges again. Yeah. And because I, and also another thing happened that got me to that mm -hmm. point is, and no disrespect to these college kids, they're doing their best, but I had a mental problem of when a, I don't like, I'm a professional. I've been on, you know, I've hosted things. I feel like I'm on the right. I don't want a college kid controlling my destiny, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want, like, I, I remember I was at this, it's called NACA. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. You know about NACA? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So NACA for all the people listening that don't know what it is, it's a big convention where stand-ups go, musicians go, poetry, speeches, and colleges book you. Yeah. So, you know, and then you stand in front of a booth and they tell you if they want to pick you or not. And so I was over that. But a girl comes up to me from a college and goes, well, we just booked Eliza, and, which I love, Schlesinger. Yeah. But if we have extra money, we're going to book you too. And when she walked away, I go, this is not what I'm in this for. Yeah. I don't want to be controlled by a college kid. Yeah. And be, I don't want to, I don't want my feeling of happiness or sadness to be controlled by a 17 year old or 18 year old, or however they older in college. Yes. So I, I just quit and I've been happy ever since, oh, you know? Yeah, so the, uh, that's why I got out of that. Yeah, those are the hardest. I've never heard one person like love doing colleges. Like, yeah, <laughs> well, well, I mean, the money was great, but you gotta remember you fly in alone, you gotta drive sometimes to these colleges. And then when you get there, it's not set up right, it's just, Something now, Texas, what school did I do? I did Texas Tech. Okay. That was phenomenal. They they have an auditorium. I mean, it was it was like doing a real show. But okay. I, I've heard horror stories of people going to like break rooms and they're playing pool in the background. But you know, all this. It's no. Like if I'm gonna do comedy, I'm gonna do comedy. So that's yeah. why I got out of that. I feel like you're doing a million things all the time. Like, how do you balance that and family life and everything you're doing? <laughs> So, I need help. I'm like, so my you schedule, are you, are you a parent as well? What? No, no. Oh, okay. I just okay. need help so, in life in general. Help in life. I need help in life. <laughs> my <laughs> thing is what I do is I uh, wake up super early before Ooh. my kids wake up like 530 in the morning. Oh. And then I'll do all my work by 9am. So, so then I can just spend time with my family. And then it kind of evens out because some weekends I'm gone. Like when I go to St. Louis, I'll be gone for four days or three days. Yes. So I, I can't spend that time. So I'm trying to make up the time in the morning when they're sleeping or just getting their day going so I can hang out with them all day. And that works out the best because when they, after they see me, it's hard to leave. Oh. So I'm gone before, you know, they know daddy goes to work in the morning. So I'm gone before they even wake up. And when I come back, it's usually like, you know, okay, I'm here. But today, since I want to do your podcast, so I worked, 
I went home, ate breakfast, hung, hung out with my family, and then said, okay, I'm gonna go back to work for a little bit yeah. because I'm doing the year podcast and then I got a podcast right after. So I'm doing Craig. I'm interviewing oh, Craig. Awesome. Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. When you were hosting, does it change at all? Like how you host online versus like host a podcast versus hosting a show? No, I mean, I'm more outspoken on yeah. a podcast. I can talk about anything where, yeah. You know, what, I, what I figured out is I've been on a lot of TV shows where doesn't matter who's hosting it. Really, it really doesn't matter who's hosting it because yeah. people are coming for the content. Yeah. It's kind of like my first boss in radio. His name uh, was Mark Chase, phenomenal consultant. Yeah. And he's still in radio. And he told me when I worked for, I worked in Miami, the big pop radio station, Y100. And mm-hmm. he goes, just remember, the, the restaurant is the music. People come for the food. The food is the music. You're a waiter at the restaurant. Now, if you're a great waiter, they will ask for you by name because they'll want you to serve them. But they're still coming for the food regardless. Yeah. So be a great waiter at this restaurant. And and that was, and that kind of stuck in my head and it kind of led me through my career. It's like, you know, like when I worked at Insider and Extra and all this stuff, look, they're not coming for me. They're coming for these celebrities they're watching. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I could be a great waiter and they could like me, but they're not coming for me because that platform doesn't, doesn't provide that. But like a Chelsea lately, people were coming for Chelsea. When the suit was big, people were coming for Joe McHale. Yeah. You know, so those type of platforms aren't platforms people come for the host. They come for the stories and the gossip. Yeah. So I shifted after I got out of it like a couple of years. Now I'll still do it occasionally, yeah. but I shifted out of it where I was like, you know what? I want people to come for me. Yeah. So that's the shift. And that's how I got more into comedy and things like that. And it, it's cool to hear like last year or a year and a half, I made the shift where everything is just comedy. And now people introduce me as comedian, Michael Yo. So it, the shift has worked. Now I got to just keep pushing. Yeah. How was it? So when what I loved about your special too is the set list I thought was so good. It flowed so well. It flowed, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like how did you decide on how to do that? Because I feel like that's such a tough skill that a lot it of- is tough. Yeah. It is it, like I worked it out for a whole year before I even shot the special. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's the thing I'm I'm having trouble with. Not that not trouble, but, but that's yes. what I'm going over now is because mm-hmm. for me, if you tell a real story, it has the flow. If you're yeah. just telling jokes, jokes can go everywhere. I can say this, I can say that. It doesn't have to inter, interlink. You don't yeah. need to tell a story because it's all jokes. But mine, I had to take you from the beginning to where I am now. Yeah. Where with my new special is kind of the same. So I'm trying to find the threading. First of all, I'm just trying to see if the jokes work yeah. first. If the jokes work, once I get the joke to where I'm like, okay, it's ready. Then after I get like probably seven or eight jokes that take up about 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. I'll go, okay, they're all ready. Now I can place them in order. But in my mind, I kind of am getting the name of the special and the layout because for me, this is just for me, I like to know the name of my special so then I can kind of write for it and plan it out. I can't wait to see it now. I'm like, oh, come on. Oh, I'm so excited for it. Yeah, I'm so excited. Like my friends that have seen it, like locally and yeah, it's, 
it, it's so good. I'm so proud of it. Oh, I can't, I can't wait. So, oh, I appreciate you. So I know you start with fear factor with Joe Rogan. How yes, can you believe that yeah. I was on the pilot of fear factor, which is crazy pilot of fear factor. I think it's like 21 years ago now. And yeah. I, I was in Austin, Texas, just a radio DJ. And I saw an ad in the paper and they're like, Hey, you want to try something new? I was like, okay, I'll try it. So I showed up and they casted me for it. And before you know it, I'm in LA at that uh, country bar on uh, the Sunset Strip where they ride the horse. Oh, um, yes, I know. Battle Ranch or whatever it's called. <laughs> it's like, no, I've never been there. I don't know. Right? <laughs> no, what are you, I'm classy. And, that, and that's where I met Joe Rogan. And then, uh, you know, like I did the show and yeah. as I got more into comedy, I started seeing him around everywhere. And of course he was super nice to me. He's always yeah. been nice to me asked me on his podcast and uh, that's how we really reconnected. So it's been beautiful. Oh, has he changed a lot since the 21 years or is he None. still pretty? Yeah. He's the same dude. Oh, same dude. Just, he's always, he's always just been helpful to yeah. me. Yeah. You know, because it was just a dream for me to be in Hollywood yeah. uh, all those years ago or to be in the entertainment industry. Yeah. It was just a dream. And he always said, man, if you ever come out here, hit me up and, over the right timing, it just worked out, you know, and nothing was ever forced. Yeah, it was just natural. And that's the best way where you're not oh. trying to force something. It just yeah. happened. I see so many people try and force stuff all the time. Or like, oh, you, if you live in Hollywood, it's every day. I know. You gotta force it and you can't force it. You gotta just, it has to happen natural. I mean, you can force things, but then yeah. it, it feels forced. And then if something goes, yeah, yeah. I just want to, I want to be genuine as possible. Yeah. Did Justin Timberlake really make you wait three yes. hours? It's 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 a crazy story because this is when like what's the I was at E Entertainment, so it had to be like 12 years ago. And Justin was doing a charity concert for something. And mm -hmm. E is like, you need to go inter interview him. And he's the, here's the thing, he's there. I see him walk by several times, Come on. but he still yeah. makes me wait three hours, right? I am so hot. I am pissed. Yeah. Finally, he shows up. I do the interview. It's solid. It's good. Yeah. And then he, he says to his manager, hey, give him tickets to the show. And I'm like, you know, like I said, in my mind, no. And I look down the second row. And then on stage, literally, he sees me and goes, yo. And I lost my shit. <laughs> yeah. I started yelling i started high-fiving people around i started looking at for my friends going you see that you see you just that, that's to me that's it so it was it was pretty much the most amazing moment of my life at that moment because i didn't know i would get caught up into it like that but when he said yo i'm like Whoa. yeah it was amazing it was amazing <laughs> You, I feel like you should write a book too, because you have such cool life. I stories. want to, I want to yeah. eventually, I want to write a book about crazy stories I've had and just, just yeah. all just, I've seen so much, so much. So all that's coming. It's all yeah. coming. Oh, well, thank you so much for doing this. I owe you forever. You're incredible. Oh, no, you're the best. You're the best. Oh, and uh, let me know if you ever need anything else. Okay, Jess. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, thanks. All right. Thank you so much for watching this week's episode of Jess and the Guest. Please like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies. You know the drill. You know, thank you so much. A new episode next Thursday. Thank you.